Amen. Good morning. Good worship time with you this morning. And uh, uh, I'm going to ask Irene to come up. Irene is one of our ladies in our church, and she flows. Can I use this mic here, Brent? Is that right? Thank you, Amy. Yeah. Uh, she flows in the prophetic gifts, and so from time to time, she feels like she has something that she wants to share, and so she's asked, come up here so we can see you in the light, Irene. <laughs> Let me move this so, you know, I don't want it to get in your way. <laughs> I'm stepping out in faith today. Is this? There you yeah. go. No. I'm stepping out in faith today because I've never done this like this before, and the Lord told me that I needed to have Rob up here with me, so I don't know if he's going to drop something into your heart or maybe it's just for confirmation. Sure. But I feel strongly this morning, and I don't know who this is for, but the Lord is putting on my heart that there's somebody in this space today who the Lord dropped something into your heart when you were 16 years old, but you were told no. That's too big to think. You can't do that. You can't accomplish that. And the Lord is saying, you've been praying, and you, it's been on your mind all these years. And the Lord is saying, I am opening up those doors now. I am setting that path for you right now. And I'm going to open up the things that are needed for you to accomplish the things that I dropped into your heart when you were so young and that everybody told you it could not be done. And the Lord says, but I am going to bring it out in you and I am going to use you in a mighty way, in a way that you can't even understand right now. Because the Lord says that as you step forward, I will give you the next thing to do. The Lord says, as you step, I will light that path and I will give you direction. And you're not going to have to question it. You're not even going to be thinking, this is too crazy. This doesn't make any sense. But the Lord says, I am going to drop it into you as you are obedient to take that next step. And the Lord says, and all the people who said you couldn't do this were being influenced by the enemy because the enemy is the one that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And the Lord says, but I am the God that still sits on the throne today. And I am the God that's still in control. And I am the God that drops those things into people's hearts. And my word and my plans will always come to fruition. And there is nothing that can stop my word and my plan from going forth. All that's needed is to be obedient. And the Lord says, whoever he's speaking to this morning, the Lord says, now is your time. For such a time as this, you have been chosen. And the Lord says, don't let the enemy whisper in your ear that this is a lie. And don't let the enemy whisper in your ear that you aren't hearing correctly. The Lord says, because I have placed that there. And the Lord says, I am going to actually start to open. I've, I hear the Lord saying, I am actually going to start to open things. And I will give you dreams that will show you the next step to take. And the Lord says, but stand strong. Stand strong because opposition will come and opposition will continue to tell you this isn't right. You can't accomplish this. But the Lord says, there is nothing impossible for me. And the Lord says, I have built you up and I have equipped you with what you need for what I have set about to accomplish through you. Thank you, Irene. 
Thank you. I, uh, yes, if that, if that has spoken to you, if you say, I feel like that might have been for me, um, I'd love to hear about that. I know Irene would love to hear about that. It's something powerful about being confirmed in that stuff. And so I feel like it could be a word for all of us, really. I think God is speaking into all of us. Um, and it's just a matter of, uh, am I going to step out and continue to follow? So um, thanks for that word. Uh, Evelyn's family and friends, man, you all are, that's a big group today, this morning. Thank you all for being here. And uh, Ed, I didn't realize Chaz was one of your best friends till today. So <laughs> that's really cool. I like that. Um, well, let's see, where do I want to go from here? I've got a dance I want to teach. I'm just kidding. I'm not, <laughs> uh, let me share just real quick. Thanks for playing, Brett. I always love it. Hey, by the way, can we give it up for Brett for a great job last Sunday if you were here? Yes. Not that he, not that he needs that, but I sure appreciate him uh, preaching in my absence. And uh, last week, real quick, this is more of a prayer request. It's kind of heavy, but uh, man, my brother is doing well with his perspective. And so I'm thankful for that. I was actually this time last Sunday on my way to Minnesota. And it uh, is even a little cooler than it is here. And uh, with my brother, Chris, who's just a little bit, 18 months older than I am. And I've mentioned before uh, that he might need a lung transplant. And he still does. But we were at Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. And I was able to watch the live uh, live stream version as I was traveling, which was great. So I got to be with you all here over the live stream. Uh, but we were there till Thursday night, came back, drove back home Thursday night, and he was getting his last test. Um, they're realizing now his liver's damaged as well, and so um, they're looking at, at a multi-transplant, double lung and liver transplant for him. And so, yeah, that can be kind of heavy, but I I'm just thankful uh, that he's doing pretty well. He said, Rob, I, I feel like this is a chance to do, I have a redo in my life. And, uh, and, you know, the other thing, too, is <laughs> even though you don't wish this stuff on people, um, as, as Brent was mentioning, you just don't know what God is doing in the midst of stuff. And so my prayer has always been, it still would be for myself, God, through this crazy time, would you reveal yourself to Chris in a way that he's never seen or experienced you before? And so it was a good week. That Mayo Clinic is an impressive place. And uh, I saw I was rolling him in a wheelchair everywhere. It was a good time being with him. But as I told the first service, as we were singing that song, it's your breath in our lungs, um, has a whole new connotation for me this morning. Uh, and I'm so thankful that God has put breath in your lungs this morning, put breath in my lungs, woke me up this morning, woke you up this morning. And life really is a gift. And uh, so good to see Jen Shiner today back with us. Uh, Jen, good to see you. And so, uh, so yeah, so it's, it's a gift. And, and, um, and so pray for, continue to pray for my brother Chris, if you don't mind. And uh, we'll see how things go from there. So um, he should know in the next two to four weeks if he's been approved to go on the transplant list. And then we'll start the, the process. So, um, I'll stop there. I was going to tell a joke that's not that funny, but <laughs> I'll spare you and spare myself. Let's pray together, and then we'll, we'll move on to this new series. God, we thank you for giving us breath in our lungs this morning, Father. Thank you for waking us up. Thank you for the gift of life. It's cold, but we're thankful that we're alive today. 
Father, I pray that um, you help us always to recognize that these gifts are only from you. And so we pray for Chris today, Father. Pray that you would continue to use this time to um, just reveal yourself to him so that he can continue to make a significant difference in this world. Um, God, I pray for us as a community, as, as Irene was speaking, um, you remind us that you have put these promptings in all of us. Sometimes we can't hear it very well because there's so much noise in our life. But may you help us to hear your promptings and your speak, your speaking. And God, this year, would you help us just to step out and to follow you and just take that first step. Um, help us to do that. That can be the most daunting. Thank you for this place, God. Thank you for next chapter. I pray you continue just to, uh, to move in our hearts so that we'd love you more and love people more. God, thank you for Evelyn and for her profession of faith and for Ed and Jody and their family and friends. And uh, Just pray that you would um, help her always remember this moment that she's a child of yours and that you've got great plans for her, Father. So continue to guard her mind and her heart and protect her. Um, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll transition now. Uh, I want to do a new series. And it's on, uh, it's, it's entitled Spreading the Great News, or Spread the Great News. So it is a bit of an evangelism type series. But I want to look at some really specific things over the next few weeks. Um, next week, I'm really excited. We're going to look at more of within the home, within the family, uh, how can we grow in our relationship with Jesus, and how can we spread the good news even within our own families. Um, so I'm excited about that, but also excited about today. I think one of the biggest things that I want to speak on this morning is um, with any rise of technology, there's so many great things. And please don't hear me saying this morning that I'm against technology because I'm not. I'm so thankful. Matter of fact, I've got to have a colonoscopy soon. Amen. Hey. And I am thankful I'll be knocked out for that. <laughs> and so I would not want to go back to the days where there's no anesthesia. Uh, I don't know if they were awake for that. That's kind of weird. I don't want to think about that. But uh, And for you women, before epidurals, oh, my Lord, can you imagine? Some of you can. <laughs> You're like, I was natural. And, uh, and so you look back. I'm so thankful for indoor plumbing. Oh, goodness. I'm thankful. Thankful for plumbers like the DuPonts. Thankful for toilet paper. We could go on and on, people. It's a spiritual moment. And so I'm thankful for technology. Love it. But like with anything in this fallen world, there are some uh, undesigned consequences that are kind of unforeseen. How many of you have watched that? Um, it's really crazy a documentary called... Uh, Social Dilemma, have you all seen that? Anybody seen that? Check it out. Pretty crazy documentary on the effects of social media and um, what, what was intended to be a good thing, it has taken on a life and form of its own, which can be some disastrous consequences. So the case with technology. So the biggest thing that I'm gonna speak about this morning is that the biggest thing we've got to really be careful on with technology, and again, I'm thankful for it, um, 
is when we're not disciplined with using it, it can be disastrous in our life. And the biggest thing that happens is technology, if we're not disciplined with it, it will always lead to isolation. It will always lead to isolation. And as we're talking about spreading the great news, you can't really spread the great news isolated. It's really difficult to. That's not even our call. Our call is not to be isolated. Our call is to be the salt and the light of the world and to go and mix among, a, among the people, to mix among the world. And sometimes, we're, I'm speaking for myself, I'm not even talking about you, sometimes I'm just, my nose is stuck in here. And I don't even, know. I, I, lo- I don't love it. When you go out and you see like a couple, maybe they've been married for a while and they're just both on their phones the entire meal, that is so weird to me. I'm like, that is weird. I don't want to judge the relationship, but I would not like that. And so sometimes even at the Mayo Clinic, I was just on my phone a lot, just passing time. And, and you miss what's around you. And I think that's the, only, that's the only danger of undisciplined technological use is that it always leads to isolation. I've said before, like when the, with the invention of the garage door opener, Everybody has garages now, the garage door. You just come in from the grocery store, come in, comes back. No one sees you, no one can even help you because you're stuck behind your door. And uh, we just go in and and just helping neighbors is is not as much. People aren't out as much uh, because just think about it with, uh, with the radio and television and air conditioning, all these great technologies. Who's going out in the hot summer heat to go play? Not many people these days because you've got the air conditioning. You've got your phone and you've got the internet. You've got these unbelievable gaming stations. Atari has come a long way from when I was a kid. And so you've got all, the, and you've got all this entertainment. If I want to check anything, I, I can just pull up my phone, my computer, and you can be entertained for hours. I won't ask you how many of us can just go down a black hole for hours because we all can. I can too. You can too. Nothing wrong with technology, but when it's undisciplined, man, it could just lead to isolation. You're isolated among your families, isolated with each other, isolated with your neighbors. Um, I heard this example before uh, when the invention of the refrigerator came out. It was very divisive. Because um, when it was introduced to indigenous population, like the native populations, it had a disastrous effect because back in the day, whenever they needed food, they would go out and they would go for a kill. Maybe they kill a deer, kill whatever. Um, You'd come back. It was a community thing. You all had some food. I I killed a deer. Hey, everybody come over and eat. Because what are you going to do with the leftover meat? It's going to spoil. So you share with everybody. Great community thing. Then the refrigerator was introduced. Guess what happened? It wasn't a community thing anymore. Because I go kill a deer and the leftover meat, I'm not giving to you. I'm putting my fridge. We'll eat later. I'm taking care of my family, baby. Forget about you. And so the refrigerator, all of a sudden, it wasn't a community thing. What once was a very unifying event was, has be, had become a very divisive thing. And so... The danger is, again, it's isolation. We want to be about mingling and mixing with the world. The dangerous part is all these technological advances, really in the end, um, it helps us to get what we want, get it our way when we want it. And that's nice, isn't it? That's nice until it's disastrous. (laughs) And so um, 
because like I said, we have the internet. Now with all, this is in the social dilemma too, with all the algorithms, uh, and when you look at social media stuff, they know how long you stay on the site. They know how long you scroll, and you might stop for a second and then scroll. They will bring all the information that is just um, pretty much designed for you, for your ideas, for your beliefs. And all of a sudden, we've got all these people living in all these silos, and everything that comes up on my feed are things that I believe and that I like. And guess what? The stuff that on, feed, on your feed is all the stuff that you like and that works for you. And I think this is true and you think that is true. And before long, we're really isolated because I have a whole new version of reality and you have a whole new version of reality and we both think we're right. Because I saw it on TikTok and on social media and on the internet and it all is just bombarding us and it becomes a very divisive thing. And I want us to be careful of that this morning because the command is to spread the great news. And we're going to look at some very practical ways over these next several weeks of how we do that. So my primary concern this morning is how do we not get those negative consequences within the church? Uh, how do we keep that? Because here's the thing too, and I love it. It's a blessing. But even the live stream that's going out right now, hello, everybody. Uh, even that live stream is such a blessing. And it was a huge blessing during COVID when we had to shut down for a month or two. Huge blessing. And it's still a huge blessing. For folks that can't make it, for folks that are sick or maybe you're feeling sick, please stay home and watch it online. It's great. However, if we only make live stream about my convenience, we're missing it. If I only make live stream, well, that works better for me. We're missing it. Because it goes into the whole, well, I'll talk about it in just a second. I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit. But it goes into the whole consumeristic mindset that has kind of become prevalent in the church. And that's not the purpose of it. The purpose isn't to make it easier, more convenient. So what do we do with all these technological things? They're great, and we love them and so thankful for them. But we always have to make sure we understand the negative consequences that are going on. And so, you know, since COVID, I know it's been a couple of years or, gosh, yeah, well, almost well, three years since everything shut down. Um, yeah, 2020, that's right. Yeah, I was second-guessing myself. It's almost as if... Well, even some folks who study these things way more than me, they said there's been something fundamentally that has changed within the church. Um, I know it still quite isn't what it was before COVID. Um, and I would say, I think that might be a good thing. There's some good possibilities of that. And so we got a couple options. What do we do in response to things are changing and things are fundamentally changing and the church is fundamentally changing? What do we do with that? We got a couple options. One is we can just say, ah, oh, we're just going back to church as normal. Let's just keep doing what we were doing. And, um, and we can do that. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with that per se, but let me look at a few things real quickly that I feel like... Uh, our church is called to do differently, not better, just differently. Um, I would say this, they're, they're up to COVID and still, there's more of a model of a church that's been called attractional model. And the idea is that you invite people to the service, to the weekend service, 
And that worship service is to be so magnetic that it draws people in. And some people do come to Christ, which is a great thing. And, and, if, and still invite folks to church. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm going to compare some things, but I'm not saying there's anything wrong necessarily. But it helps us to understand a different way of doing it. How do we spread the great news? Um, maybe a little different than maybe what we've seen just previously before COVID. The attractional church, so it's come to the service, invite people. It was a, there was a strategy to it. The evangelistic strategy was bring them to church. And they hear the gospel, maybe they'll accept Jesus. Um, and that's great. There might be a more effective way, though. Uh, and I'll talk about it in a second. Uh, but usually there's some really outgoing greeters when you come in. You might have coffee like we do. But you come in on the stage, there's a light show, and everything's so nice. And there's usually a younger, hipper speaker on stage. <laughs> it's impossible to think about. I know, I know. Uh, and, and, well, Brent's still young and hip. Um, but, you know, he's getting outside of that range soon too. <laughs> and so, uh, not to speak for him, but I know we've had that talks because you, you start feeling as you get older, you kind of start feeling that like, oh gosh, maybe I'm getting too old to, to relate to people. So, so there's this model. And again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to bash it. I just want to uh, compare and contrast in just a little bit. And there's some pros to that. The pro is this, it did work and it does work. Thank God it does work. And I'm so thankful God uses all kinds of ways to reach people. Um, and so it does work. The tricky part is it kind of taps into the consumerism of Americans, though. You kind of go and check it out. Yeah, I like this church. I don't like this church. I kind of like, I prefer this. I don't prefer this. And so it kind of taps into our consumeristic mindset. But we recognize that church really isn't a consumeristic thing, but we've kind of made it that, if that makes sense. But I think that was the original design in Scripture. And so it's natural. If it's natural for you to invite someone to church, please still invite someone to church. God can use that. But I think some cons about it. So the pro is it did work. It does work some. Um, I do think it'll be interesting to see. I think there might be some shifts in even like the mega churches. Uh, not to say there won't be any more, but I think there might be some shifts that happen uh, because I think, again, because of technology, the Gen X and Gen Zers, they're just not as, they're just not as impressed like the boomers were because they can get it on their computer and their phone. I mean, they can, they can find, they can see an impressive speaker or a great show or a great concert. Like they, you can just watch it online now. Um, and so I don't know that they're that impressed with what's going on like it used to be. But I, I do think some of the cons were, I think it was kind of beginning to change even before COVID, but COVID helped us to see maybe things a little differently. Um, I think another con might be, um, to some degree, it was an effective strategy of getting people to the building. But as we look at the passage of Jesus, two passages, I don't know that this was ever the, the main, main purpose of how God set up the church. Look, Jesus has been crucified or resurrected. He's getting ready to ascend into heaven before he does in Matthew 28, 18 through 19. Some of his last words to the disciples, which are pretty significant words, he says this. Then Jesus came to them, the disciples, and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Spreading the good news there is, now therefore go. It's not so much now invite them in as much as it is, I want you to go. I want you to go into your communities, into your neighborhoods, into your workplaces, into your schools. I want you to go and spread the great news. Here's the thing. If the great news of the gospel of Jesus isn't great news to you, it's probably not going to come across as great news. Uh, it might come across as, yeah, i got to do this. I ought to, do, I ought to tell people about Jesus um, and it could come across really awkward. I think that's some of the triggers of evangelism. It can just be awkward, like, what's going on here? This is weird. Um, or we have these different ideas of what it looks like. And Jesus is just saying, hey, I want you to go into all the world. Uh, not go and invite everyone to come to you, but you go to them. You spread this great news. Spread the gospel. And then in John 17, 18, Jesus is praying this prayer to the Father, and he says this, speaking to God the Father, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Jesus is saying, Father, you have sent me to them, and now I am sending them to the world. There's always this going, get out, spread amongst the people, spread the great news. It's not so much about inviting people to a place or a particular building. And I think from the very beginning of starting next chapter, we're like, hey, Sunday mornings, Sunday mornings are important, but that's not all to be in the church is. Being the church is being out and spreading the great news and living a life that's serving people and loving people. And that stuff gets contagious. And people learn Jesus through just our relationships. And so I heard a, a recently a pastor say, we need to put the go back into the gospel. To go. Jesus is sending us. That's where we get the word missionary. It's sent one. We are missionaries. It doesn't mean that we have to pick up and move across the globe. Although God may, if God calls you to do that, do that. But it's just going into our normal day-to-day -day relationships, our normal day-to-day -day areas of life, and being the good news and speaking the good news, and taking the initiative to serve others and to build relationships with others. But we can't do that if we're isolated because of all the technology that we're a part of. We got to go. We're sent ones. And so we could just do life in church as it was, or the second option is to not be a consumeristic church, but actually go and be the sent ones that God has called us to be. And that's what I want us to continue to be. I want us to spread our Jesus influence as far as we can. Some people will never come to this building. That's okay. It's not about building this building up. It's about reaching people with the great news of Jesus. And so um, that's what we want to continue to do. And that's what we've been doing from the very beginning. Now, along the way, people get attracted to that. People want to come where you are. And so, yes, people invite people to come. But we want to be the sent out ones, the missionaries, the goers, and putting the go into the gospel. And flexing that missional muscle that God, like Irene was talking about, God is sending us out. And he's putting a word. He's just wanting us to step out and go. And so even the live stream, how does this how does this apply real quick before we close out with a song? So even the technology of live stream, as I mentioned, 
If you're just staying home because it's more convenient, rethink that. Because it's not about consumerism. That's not what the church is about. Now, maybe you're at home watching it, and your family's at home doing other stuff, and you want to say, hey, family, let's all gather around. We're going to have a church service together. Maybe it has nothing to do with the live stream. You're just gathering together and having your own church service. Maybe it's getting some neighbors together and just get together weekly and have a little dinner together and some sharing time together. That would be a great way of going out and being sent and not being isolated. It can be simple things. I was convicted this week while I was in a lot of doctor's appointments at Mayo Clinic. You know, you can look at people and it's easy to get cynical and judgmental just based on what you see. And I'm looking around and I'm kind of being, I won't tell you what I was thinking, but just being cynical, a little judgy. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, Rob, why don't you pray for him instead of judging him? I'm like, yeah, that might be better. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that, Lord. Uh, and so then I just began to pray for some of the folks that I would see sitting there. See, I think that's the thing about spreading the great news. Sometimes it seems so little, but we have no idea what God will do with that. Um, I didn't have any significant conversations, but that would be a great prayer this week as you go throughout your day. God, would you put someone in my path that I can encourage today? Would you put someone in my path that seems like they might have some brokenness that I can maybe try to bring some healing to. Maybe they have loneliness that I can try to be a better friend to them. That's all spreading the great news. Um, maybe it's, this week's going to be cold, so you may not be out walking, but for those of you who have dogs <laughs> like us, you'll be out at some point walking those suckers, and uh, you'll be out like this, like, oh, go potty, go potty. <laughs> But you know, maybe when you're out walking your dog, or maybe when you're just out, um, maybe just look around and pray for your neighbors. Pray for them if you know them by name. Pray for them specifically. Um, it might be as simple as being very intentional. See, I think spreading the great news is very intentional. It might mean that you're doing a project this week and you don't have a certain tool, but you think maybe one of your neighbors does. Go and ask them for the, to borrow the tool. You never know how a relationship can get started up. Um, now, my neighbors would be like, oh, gosh, here comes Rob again. He's going to borrow another tool. He has nothing over there. Uh, but, but maybe it could be that. It doesn't matter. It's just beginning, as, as Irene mentioned, it's just taking the first step. It's just taking a first step. Um, and so as you go this week, may we not be buried in technology. May we be open to what God's wanting to do recognizing that he is sending us out to spread the great news. And man, our world needs some great news. And it's Jesus. It's just Jesus. So let's pray together and we'll close out with a song. God, thank you for, um, for your great love for us. And thank you for sending Jesus um, that he would come and mix it up with all of us. Um, he would leave a very comfortable place, uh, being right with you, to come to this earth 
and to take on sin. And he didn't know sin, but he took on sin so that we might experience the righteousness of being in a right relationship with you. So thank you for that gift, God. There's a world that needs that and desires that. And I pray that you would help us all. Um, in the midst of the benefits of technology, would you help us to recognize when we're being undisciplined with our use of it? And may you just give us eyes and ears to see and hear what you're doing around us. May you give us a heart for people like you have, God. And may you help us to spread the great news this week. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. There'll be prayer ministers on each side of the stage. Um, if you want to come up for prayer, um, we love to pray for healing for you. Um, if you want to come up and accept Jesus, they would love to talk to me about that. Or if you just want to come and pray by yourself, you certainly can. Um, we're going to worship and sing to this last song, but it's always just a response song to what God is sharing with us this morning. So however you feel the need to respond, uh, you do so. Let's stand together and sing.